Wendy and I have always kind of been into style, but we noticed that big void in, in the menswear market, even, you know, prior, uh -huh. like I said, like 2005-ish, going to thrift stores, pulling together, you know, just cool, old-fashioned looking rustic stuff from the thrift stores, and then, you know, getting it tailored. You know, people thought I was crazy. Yeah, of. we were like 22 when we met, and I never <laughs> met anyone that had a tailor or went to a tailor. And I would buy these $10 suits from thrift stores and put 350 into them, you know, $400, uh -huh. and have, you know, this try to get as close to an impeccable fit as possible. Yeah. And because there was no tailors back then doing what we're doing now in, in the States. You know, you could find them overseas and things like that. But even yeah. then, there were few and far between uh, that were doing anything interesting, anywhere near affordable or, you know, just anything that was cool. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture lifestyles and share stories of inspiring people that bring motivation, knowledge, and entertainment to our community. Life is good. Let's get started. In this episode, I have Chris and Wendy Bukowski, who are the founders of menswear lifestyle brand Bukowski Taylor & Garb in Austin, Texas. Bukowski Taylor & Garb is a dandy gentleman's store where they design head-to-toe bespoke and ready-to-wear menswear items such as suits, casual wear, hats, leather goods, accessories, and boots. They officially established themselves in 2009 while they were also planning their nuptials, and in 2011 opened up their brick-and-mortar store in the heart of downtown Austin, Texas. What really caught my eye was their rustic with an edge style. You may have actually seen some of their products on some of your favorite musical artists or on your favorite HBO and AMC TV shows. These two have created such a unique lifestyle brand and I'm super pumped to have them share their journey and their story. And with that, I will let you go into the episode. So Wendy, where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Santa Barbara and I simultaneously grew up in Carpinteria and Ventura. So I'm from a bunch of little beach towns. Um, and then obviously we ended up here in Austin, Texas. Okay, cool. And is that where you're, are you from? No, I'm, I was born in Georgia Okay. and then raised in Michigan, uh, joined the military. So I lived in California for about a decade where I, okay. met, where I met Wendy and then of course we ended up here in Austin, Texas. Okay, cool. cool. And then what brought you out to Austin, Texas? Uh, I'd say the music. Okay. Like I, I was playing music at the time and yeah, just try to get out of California and do something different and exactly uh, transform our, uh, our lives really. Yeah. That's cool. All right. And, and then, uh, did you guys actually end up getting married in California or ended up getting married here? California. California. Okay. So yeah. Was... So basically, uh, the band went on tour, uh -huh. broke up on the way home. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Chris asked me to marry him a little while later and he said he wanted to move to Austin and I've always wanted to get out of Southern California. I mean, everywhere I call home, I'm really lucky. Um, but I know there's a big wide world out there and I always want to get out and I know I can always go back home yeah. if yeah. I want to. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we planned this big elaborate wedding, uh, which was also our goodbye to California, at least for the time being. And then, um, and yeah, it was, it was amazing. And then we moved here. So then as far as, um, so you grew up in Southern California, Cali area. Mm -hmm. So your background, Wendy, is uh, you fashion as as far as the interest of when we're going to lead into where you guys' business goes yeah. into. But what what was growing up like? Where where did it all end? Um, <laughs> so no, like my background is not fashion, but I think because money was always really tight with my family, mm -hmm. and so I think like as I got old, and I've always been drawn to kind of more like older things, like everything in general, older things. And when I met Christopher, um, we both shared that. And so we got to enjoy that together. And then, I don't know, like style's just always been a big thing okay. for me. I just, I love it. Um, I'm a more creative person as well. So yeah, it just was very natural. But yeah, I mean, I, I do love fashion. I do love style. I, uh -huh. I love all that stuff. Um, I don't, I'm not a trendy person by any means, but mm -hmm. I, I appreciate all that stuff. Cool, cool, cool. And what about you, Chris? Did as far as like uh, growing up, your childhood, like, was there specific things that happened in your life where you're like, you know what, I want to eventually? I know you're music musician background, but like, we're like, you know, I actually want my own business or any entrepreneur. Um, growing up, no, I would say no. I mean, I don't know. I've, we did a lot of garage sales and 
you know, I remember as a kid selling, you know, pulling our toys and, you know, selling them to try to make yeah. some money for vacation. <laughs> uh-huh. was, uh, we had our own little tables at the garage sale aside from my parents, you know, collecting our own money. So uh-huh. uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, I would say aside from that, no, I mean, no real desires. It just kind of came, you know, spontaneously. And uh, as far as fashion goes, I don't know, I think it probably shocking to some people, but I, I hate the fashion industry. Okay. I, I, I don't like most things involved in it and uh-huh. I pretty much steer clear from it. Okay. And, uh, I'm more of a stylistic and, you know, uh, nostalgic, you know, person. And that's kind of what influences me. I that's guess. cool. Yeah. So, and so that kind of gives you guys the opportunity where you kind of, you kind of build your own path and you know, you don't necessarily getting influenced by what's the latest you know, leather product or whatever, but no. and you just like, you know what, this is what I want to build and this is what I want to do and, and, and create. That, that's cool. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. is really, that is really <laughs> cool. So as far as, well, even before you guys opened up your shop, um, is there anything that you got, what were you guys doing before, when, before that you got into actual read the read? the daily life of retail <laughs> so i grab i manage global support for a tech company okay so that's what i was doing for the most part but chris and i had started um like an indie record label he was playing music i did like merch and all that stuff and kind of help book shows and stuff like that i started like a fascinator company um with like my hairstylist at the time okay. we just did it for fun um and i was doing like brooches and fascinator so just a little bit of all that stuff so that's what i yeah and then i was also volunteering for the make-a-wish foundation okay. so just doing that stuff yeah i forgot about that yeah. <laughs> i worked with dogs all right right i'd say right before right before we moved to austin uh-huh. that was my while well, i was work, working on music previously that carpet cleaner Tile restoration, construction. He did Dr. Dre's house. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. There you go. All I right. really messed up some of his cabinets. Oh, no. I know, yeah, no, right? You'll never know. <laughs> Scratches off. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, lots of different jobs. Mm-hmm. Pest control. I did pretty much everything. Okay, Pest okay. Around. I don't know, like bounced around a lot. And I think yeah. that's maybe what... Uh, you know, leads us to where we are now is just, you can get tired of doing everything and just kind of find your niche. You yeah, know, at yeah, some yeah. Point. But uh, yeah. Well, let's well, actually now let's talk about the actual business then. Then, as far as when, I, I read in your, you know, when you go on their website, you see there about us. And I, when I said, um, wow, the idea came in 2009 while you guys were in the middle of about to get married. Um, is that where the idea sparked as far as because you guys were looking at the style of your guys' wedding or like how did the... Um, I would say it was planning? much earlier than that. Yeah. I think the wedding was kind of just like the last straw for us okay. that we said, wow, there's really a void in this market. I mean, if, if anybody remembers what menswear was like in 2009, mm-hmm. I mean, it was about a decade ago. I mean, it was, it was not good. You know, it was very uninteresting. No one was paying attention to it. Fit was awful. Colors were awful. Yeah. Fabrics were. I mean, all you could <laughs> find boring, was the yeah. navies, the blacks, the really grays, and like ashy brown. Okay. And okay. fit was bad. And it was yeah. all just. Especially with suits, you know, like talking about suits. And that was, yeah. you know, only a decade ago seeing the residuals from, you know, the 90s, you know, coming mm-hmm. in. And a lot of people in their early 20s or mid 20s don't remember that now because they were. They were early, you know, teens yeah. or even younger. Right. Even okay. when you go back to like 2005, I mean, when I was playing music then, I was kind of. It was crazy that Chris was wearing a bow tie on stage. Like, in 2005. Yeah, it was like, a, what, like what is he wearing? Yeah, yeah I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Wendy and I have always kind of been into style, but we noticed that big void in, in the menswear market even you know prior, uh-huh. like I said, like 2005-ish going to thrift stores, pulling together, you know, just cool old fashioned looking rustic stuff from the thrift stores and then, you know, getting it tailored. You know, people thought I was crazy. Yeah, we were like 22 when we met and (laughs) I never met anyone that had a tailor or went to a tailor. And I would buy these $10 suits from thrift stores and put 350 into them, you know, $400 Uh and have, you know, this try to get as close to an impeccable fit as possible. Yeah. And because there was no tailors back then doing what we're doing now in, in the States. You know, you could find them overseas and things like that. But even yeah. then, 
they were few and far between uh, that were doing anything interesting, anywhere near affordable or, you know, this, anything that was cool. Or even the fabrics um, available. Like we, it took like nine months of researching mills and contacting mills all around the world and tailors and- Just to find a brown. I mean, and the thing is they wouldn't even- <laughs> For the wedding suit. Yeah, yeah. just like, just wow. looking for like this particular fabric. And we're like, yeah, it's gotta be easier than this. And then also as far as the style, instead of just like, okay, yes, I can do this. I know these details. I can do these details. People are like, why do you want these details? Yeah. yeah. Like, this why does dating. it matter? I'm asking. I'm like, I'm like, because this is cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. No one's, yeah. No one's yeah. wearing this stuff. No one's yeah. doing it. We need to bring this back. You know, it's yeah. a, uh, I don't know, kind of like a more electric style from, you know, eras past, you know, very artistic I, yeah. like, when I see it. And, I, and that's why a lot of musicians are dressing like that now. And, you know, artists, just uh -huh. creatives, it's, it's a cool look, I, I think. But, yeah. Well, we figured uh, if we were seeking it out and had been seeking it out for so long, other people have to be doing that as well. For sure. The vision or well, the eyes were open as far as the opportunity at that point. All right. And then and then as far as, uh, so the next step, because obviously you guys have now a whole line of product. When, um, and then in 2011, right? Yeah. That's when we opened the store. That's when right? we kind of started getting ourselves out there with uh, pop-up shops. Okay. Because we had a website right. even previously to that. Yeah. First thing we designed was the wedding suits, which we had, we had done in Michigan at some... I don't know, it's kind of like a reenactment place. Yeah. But. And we went and got our fabric in LA at Black's where like the Rat Pack used to get all their fabric and everything. Oh, yeah. um, and we so thankfully our, we had that resource yeah. nearby. Our brother's yeah. suits and groomsmen's suits for yeah. the wedding. And it was tough, you know, yeah. and then like trying to relay what we wanted to this other business, you know, in Michigan to make these suits. That didn't care about style or fit. Yeah, it was more like a, it was like a Civil War reenactment place that was making like some, you know, like 1800 style suits, okay. but it was the closest thing that we could find to that that wasn't overseas that, that even still, you know, like we didn't want to pay like two grand for these wedding suits each and, yeah. and still have to send our measurements into some place in England that that still wasn't really em emulating, you know, the the style we were we were going for. So, okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's foggy memories of that, but it, <laughs> it was a pain in the ass, really. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's like, and he wasn't, and it wasn't even that result. long ago. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it was like yeah. It doesn't even seem that long ago, two thousand nine. But it was like the options for men suits then, yeah. or even you know just cool it's jackets or clothing was like it was terrible. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So then, like today, I mean, do you guys do? Are you guys still in the U.S. doing your tailors, or do you got local? Or is yeah, it... we do a bit of both. Okay. Yeah. I mean, ninety percent of the work's done right, like, right in house. In house. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And we do a hundred percent if people want to pay for it. But yeah, we do our cutting overseas just because yeah. it's actually easier that way when when you're ordering fabric from England, Italy, you know, Spain, China, Japan, wherever it's coming from, it's pretty central. To have that shipped over to um, Hong Kong, where our laser cutting facility is, uh -huh. and we have all our patterns catted out, so they can cut. We know we adjust from there. Which I work with them, you know, back and forth, you know, through email and online on how to adjust those patterns or take the pattern, adjust it, you know, in the CAD, uh, give that back to them, you know, particularly for each customer, uh -huh. and then have them cut it, send it to us, and we assemble it. Or like if if the customer doesn't want to you know, pay that premium price for having it sewn here, we can just do it all over there. So we, we have uh, a lot of different ways of, uh, you know, making things for different price points. Okay, cool. Definitely. Cool, cool. And then everything else is, I mean, like accessories, like we do like our leather goods here, yeah. in, right here in Austin sure, and in yeah, okay. store. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, even like fine tuning, Erin Hesso, she's amazing. Um, And then she's kind of taken over doing a lot of, the accessories and stuff as well so that's okay. been really fun that's awesome so yeah. then where did um so the, the store then the vision of the store what was your like i mean i'm sure you had this idea of how you guys are going to do it so talk about that as far as how did that all um well i'm going to jump in here <laughs> so one big inspiration so the show carnival there's loats uh and his initially our dream was let's get a caboose and that's what the that's what we'll have the shop in because we were mobile uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and we kind of that was initially what we wanted to do uh, but we were a pop-up basically decorated like that but just you know late 19th century 
haberdashery where you could come in and have a bourbon while you're shopping and shopping be an experience because you're going to get stuff that you love, that you want to wear, that fits you well and quality products. I mean, just kind of it being an entire experience and just being enveloped in all of that. Yeah, aesthetically, just something aesthetically pleasing. I mean, you can't get that experience online, yeah. no matter how hard you try. Yeah. It's just like you can't eat in a restaurant online. Yeah, no, yeah, right. You can, you can so, look at the pictures, yeah. you can taste in the food. Yeah. You can touch, you can come in, you know, to see the beautiful atmosphere, the, you know, like when you said, have a have a drink, uh, you know, just, just feel like you're, you're very luxurious, you know, even if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, just feel the fabrics, you know, look at them, you know, and you can't do that. Yeah. But there's a lot of online suit stores now, but I, I don't understand how people trust what's online just by, you know, wearing yeah. a suit that way because you want to feel it and look at it. Yeah. And, you know, if you're, uh, I'd say, into lots of different uh, styles or options, you can't really do that online either. There's literally thousands of different things you can do to a suit. Well, with our shop anyways, but yeah. uh, we want we want customers to be able to do that if that's what they want. Okay. Would that just be confined to the, the default standard options, you know, what most suit stores offer today. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. It's completely, completely custom with you guys. And I totally, and that's like, that's the biggest thing what I do love about bringing the Scotch Powder Podcast is I do like when you walk into something and like walk into your store and you, you feel the ambiance and like you feel like you're in that lifestyle. And I think that's, that's, that I kudos to you guys for creating. Thank you. And so let's start the other thing, day to day operations. I mean, as far as being husband and wife, how do you guys split the who's doing the designs or is there, are you guys both? I mean, you guys are probably creating with each other as far as designs, but but what what do you guys how do you guys split the day to day? Yeah, operations? so we design everything together. We basically nothing goes out unless the two of us agree on it. But then as far as like day to day, like I'm in the front, so I talk to all the customers. I do social media. You know, make sure things are basically I manage the shop and like customer service and marketing. And then Chris is like patterning, production, all of that stuff. Like we do so many things for people for events. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, time management, like that's the production is all him. Okay. Um, and even like sourcing cloth and leather and hard. I mean, even hardware, people don't realize you know, I think a lot of people think that we're just like sticking our name on a piece of clothing. But I mean, we're literally looking for cloth because one, we want to offer cloth that other people don't offer. That's the entire reason of coming to us, provide sure, you yeah. other options that other people don't. Um, but yeah, like leather, hardware, buttons, thread colors, um, right. just and, you know, cloth, all that Usually. stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of how parts we, that people don't yeah, realize. I mean, even, so. you know, so, for example, the company Schiff went out of business um, and they basically provided all of the um, hat ribbon. So all these hat makers, everyone's like scrambling. So we're like, okay, well, we need to figure something else out. Mm -hmm. So then we started sourcing fabric and making our own wow, hat bands okay. in-house and our own hat liners to like stand apart from other people. So yeah, so Chris really digs deep into that stuff. And I mean, Yeah, if we find a problem, we just solve it ourselves is yeah. pretty much with anything and yeah i mean everything's <laughs> been so organic like you know like even like you're saying when you walk in the store it's like the tones are earthy the lighting is moody like it smells like leather and frankincense and we actually just had a customer come in yesterday and his son came in with him he's like 10 years old i was talking about how animated he was and he thought he's like oh yeah i wanted to bring him in i wanted him to see all the guns and stuff, actually. I mean, we are in Texas. Yeah, yeah, right. And our <laughs> guns are very curated. And he was surprised that he did it. And I said, well, I mean, maybe it's because when you go to most stores, it's bright. The lighting is overhead. It's white. It's bright. Everything's really flashy. And we're very toned down. But there's so much to see in there. So I think, especially if you're younger, it, it doesn't register. Okay. Which I think we kind of like. I don't know. <laughs> hey, that, why do we like know. that <laughs> because we're not like flashy I mean. yeah i'm not a flashy guy flashy in other ways maybe yeah uh, okay. bold, okay. bold bold but, bold flashy. but subtle you know i think bold not stand flashy. out in a crowd but <laughs> don't have to be bright doing it mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah bright and shiny
That's awesome. So as far as, and you guys probably already said it, but maybe it's something else. What's your secret sauce? Like as far as what do you guys feel like your your ongoing success has been? Like, um, I would just say like perseverance, perseverance and, and dedication to what we do. Yeah. I mean, this is I a mean, labor of love. It's a labor so. of love. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not. This we is don't basically our baby, so we we do mm-hmm. it because we love it, you know. And yeah. It's, and there's so much more we want to do. There's times that it can be really stressful and not fun, but it, it comes more natural. So I yeah. I, I don't think we're like, oh, we have to, you know, just you know, like we didn't just do it because there was a void in the market. We did it because we also love it, you know. Mm. Yeah, we get to be surrounded by an aesthetic that we love, make things that we love, listen to the music that we love. I mean, we get to call the shots. And have um, nobody tell us what to do. Yeah. Yeah, except for each other. Just, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, except for each other. Not working for someone else is, uh, I mean, it's the dream, but you you work 10 times as hard yeah. trying to keep it afloat. And yeah. it's nonstop. Yeah. But uh, at least, you know... If you made a mistake, then it's your own, you know, and you can con- somewhat control that. Yeah. Well, for the most part. <laughs> but, so then what's next? Hey, I know you, you guys got other ideas. Say, and, like, yeah. And you guys just introduced the, the Tommy Gun. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Club. Club, yeah. Tommy Club, all right. It's, uh, yeah, fairly new. Where customers get a fully functional gold-plated Tommy Gun in a three-piece custom suit uh, with their portrait taken. We put it up on the wall and then they get 20% off for life on all their future custom suits. It's just kind of like, a, you know, something that's fun, but also gives the clients, you know, they walk away with something that they can pass down forever, you know, or hang on their wall as well as a, a nice suit that they'll get plenty of years of wear out of and then offer value, you know, so they, they can build their wardrobe. And then eventually we'll all go shooting Tommy guns together. <laughs> there you go. That's cool. We're in yeah. Texas. We're in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Other gun specials are coming. We're going to do a shooting rifle uh, and shooting shirt special as well soon. Okay. Just adding the incorporating, you know, the, like adding the guns into the mix is, yeah. is something. But it's only, you know, guns with that have the purpose. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, elegant heirloom pieces. We're not you know doing anything with uh tactical or ars or anything yeah 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 uh it's not really much so much lifestyle. into that but it's yeah more of kind of like an elegant lifestyle type uh you know gun okay yeah uh, we're not a gun culture. store yeah a design house that it's so, like almost it's like a, yeah. you're just an art piece i mean that's kind of exactly, what exactly. You yeah, yeah. Nice yeah. work of art heirloom piece you're gonna pass it down exactly to your child or whomever mm-hmm. uh, yeah we want to expand on We've always done women's stuff, basically on a case-by-case basis, so we want to expand on that. Eventually, have ready-to-wear for women's. Christopher's been designing a lot of like the engraving and doing custom grips, so kind of getting more into that as well. And then, just like everything else we do, it's always been about the experience. So what we are now is the tiny tip of the iceberg. You know, it's, it's a great store. We love it. We're so proud of it, but it's not our dream store. Yeah. So there's so much more that we want to like create out of that, um, being both like stuff that we sell and also the experience people have in store and what they can do in there. That's awesome. All right. So then when you guys first started out, there's always you learn as you go. Uh, you solve problems. The things come up. Ribbon companies go out of business. <laughs> and, but what do you wish you had known before you started out? How to run a business? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Taxes, yeah. books, management. Man, you know, managing employees, which I mean, is still, still is you know, learning. Even after you know, almost a decade of doing this, it's uh, you know, it's not for everyone. We, we like the the creative parts of it, but yeah, you, you mm-hmm. got you know, it's not all like fun. You have to learn the the crap. Yeah. yeah 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 yeah. and some people are like that stuff and they're really good at it yeah so uh, we're not so good at it so we're always you know we, we we we've gone through maybe like six cpas and i don't know it, i'd say we've had bad luck in that area but uh yeah there's lo- lots of things to learn yeah the business part or at least knowing early on that you don't know that stuff or you can't do that stuff or you don't want to do that stuff like figuring that stuff out Mm -hmm. it's so huge 
Because, yeah, like Chris was saying, like, we're we're creatives. We're both like that. Uh-huh. But out of necessity, we've done everything ourselves. Yeah. Um, but we if we would have learned early on or understood the value in hiring outside help for certain things. Yeah. Um, probably could have focused all of our energies where we shine okay, gotcha. as opposed to yeah. like, okay, I've got to do this thing. But for it's sure. not like we didn't jump into the business saying, oh, we're going to start this business. We both had jobs while we started it and we did it on the side. Well, yeah, Wendy had a severance. So we used some of that mm -hmm. and she was still working. I was going to school and uh, we just kind of said, okay, let's try this. You know, yeah, it was, we were it was working a, on it while very, we were very doing slow it. process. So mm -hmm. like we, you know, we were working on it while we were still working, then got, she got her severance. I was going to school using my GI bill. So in using the GI bill, you, you know, from the military, you get paid to yeah. go for your housing. Okay. Okay. So it was kind of a nice, uh, you're um, basically crutch, saving money you know, in, a, in a way to yeah. start. Like, okay, yeah. I can do yeah. this. But we never really anticipated, like, oh, we're gonna, this business is going to take off. We just did it. And I was like, oh, if it works out, if it doesn't work out, I'll at least have a, you know, get a cool wardrobe out of it or something. <laughs> yeah. and at least uh, I'll get some clothes. And that's the love part of it. You know, because right? I was kind I... of a guinea pig, you know, testing it. Uh -huh. I mean, learning how to measure how things, you know, fit and how certain patterns fit on my body, you know. Yeah, I know, um, people would be so, like, how much is that on the mannequin? I'm like, oh, that's not <laughs> going to fit you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one mannequin. <laughs> but yeah, as far as going into it, not anticipating it was going to be a real business was kind of the, in, in a way, it didn't help because we didn't have all the books and the CPA set up. We were just doing pop-ups, selling our product, uh -huh. you know, and making some money on the side you know, as a DBA. Okay, and, yeah, yeah, and it, and it, But it it just kind of kicked in, you know, a lot of interest really quickly and snowballed. So we were kind of like, oh shit, like, what do we, what do we do? I guess yeah. this, is, this is, all right, we don't need our jobs anymore. We don't, you know, let's start doing this for real. Yeah. But by the time that already happened, we were already, you know, getting kind of popular in Austin. So it was hard to keep up with managing those other aspects that most businesses lock down first like yeah we kind of went the opposite direction yeah gotcha. we did all the cool stuff first. yeah yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> i mean yeah, we never no, dreamed right. that we were gonna make our own hats and our own boots and our yeah. own leather goods and yeah we didn't expect that at all yeah cool. i think like when we first popped up we had like three pocket watches <laughs> <laughs> like two mannequins uh, we weren't making our own boots or our own hats yet i mean chris and i were pumping out bow ties uh you know in front of our tv yeah i mean south night. by southwest 2000 what 13 12 i think we did some pop-up and style by made like 200 bow ties and in, in like a week oh wow <laughs> in our living room you know yeah. so we could sell a bunch uh yeah we did a small pop-up like that with a couple custom suit mannequins some bow ties and, and i think watches and that was it we had no ready to wear Okay. Even when we first opened you our brick and mortar, yeah. yeah, we we didn't have any ready to wear. Everything was just a sample. And then, I mean, we had like two racks in there. We didn't have very many hat racks, I don't think. Even our hats. I mean, everything was made to order. Like, nope, you can't buy that. Yeah. I let one person buy a hat off the rack. Hmm. That's, it a, that's Lisa amazing. Marie Presley. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah. That's like texting Chris and like, hey, can I sell this? Yeah, right. Like, of course. Yeah, right. That's awesome. <laughs> so then, I mean, you were saying you guys did 200 bow ties for the uh, for the event. How do you learn? Are you just self-taught? Like YouTube University, as we say it? I mean, is um, it, not even. Is it, not really. No one was just, doing that on YouTube. Oh, yeah, right. At the time. Okay, there yeah, yeah, no yeah. Oh, ties even. back then, really. I mean, the, there was, that, but yeah. I mean, it was like big companies in Nordstrom or something making Well, even some, the like, hardware, remember? Some crap bullshit yeah. in black, shiny bow tie, but nobody was telling you how to make it. Yeah. You can, yeah, as one of you was saying, you couldn't even find the hardware. We had to kind of rig. We, I looked for years. I mean, I, I don't think you could find it online. To, like, I mean, if you found it maybe in the dark web somewhere, <laughs> I don't know, you couldn't find hardware to make a bow tie until maybe like 2013 or 14, you know, when yeah. they really blew up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just like 
getting stuff from uh, Joanne's and like hammering it and bending it. <laughs> it was trial, yeah, trial and error. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it was good for like a little handmade product at the time. But I mean, then, I mean, we were selling bow ties for like $10, $15. Yeah, I think they were like 15 Okay. And yeah, no one so else was, was selling the type of bow ties that we were selling. So yeah, we were couldn't really, exciting, there weren't really other options aside from exciting stuff, the big yeah. shiny stuff. That um, about. But bought a sewing machine. was like, oh, okay, I'll figure out how this... You know, and a bow tie is not that complicated to make. You know, you do it, you, you get one, you know, you know, from a tuxedo shop and you're like, oh, this is pretty simple. Now doing that with a suit isn't, probably isn't really going to happen. Yeah. I and mean, then you'd have to study the thing for, you know, 20 years. Before <laughs> yeah. Just try to self-taught, look at, oh, okay. But, uh, you know, you figure things out from, you know, just talking to other people, other tailors. And then, but by that point, I mean, like I don't know how to sew a suit. I I know how like the patterns work for them and mm-hmm. and and how you know generally how it's made. But if somebody told me to make a suit from scratch, like that, I, I don't know. I leave yeah. I leave that to my tailor for sure. Because by the time we got to that point, like it blew up, I didn't have time to sew anything else. Yeah. So when you're scarce on time, yeah. When you're I, we're not we're not sewing anything. I mean, it's yeah. Like, no, know, it's but like yeah. The architect, like you're not out there on ground zero building the for sure building the build you know yeah. the, the structure they're you know they're designing it and directing how they want it made. yeah so that's the pretty much, direction you know our roles now that's cool um, yeah so and, and i don't even really like to sew yeah <laughs> this a, is better at sewing than i am <laughs> is it really okay oh, yeah. okay, okay. But, i i'm the one who got the machine because i wanted to learn how to sew and i committed myself to one of my best friends i was like okay i'm gonna make lavender sachets for your bridal shower I did. And then Chris like, I want to learn how to do this. And he just, like with everything, he just took something apart, put it back together and like knocked it out. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to. So you, so you can have the sewing machine. That, you are now. <laughs> so you, that I know, right? <laughs> that's your thing now. Yeah. Uh, so reverse engineering is basically kind of what you're doing, yeah. right? That's yeah, the pretty, way. Pretty much. Maybe. Yeah. I'd say like maybe a lot of things are like that. Yeah. But but it's cool because you can actually because I mean yeah I mean, I mean it's kind of obvious right oh reverse you know take it apart and build it but not a lot of people can't do that I mean the fact that you can sit there and take it apart and then okay this goes this this goes this like me I would have to take a picture of every stone step <laughs> and I and I definitely would still screw it up to, to get it back but uh, that's 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 pretty cool I mean. And then after making, I don't know, like those 200 bow ties are saying, it's just like, like, like man, I never want to see one of these stuff. things. Yeah. <laughs> doing that in like two weeks, you're like, no. I know, right? I want to do something else. But I don't know. I think the more fun part is the design work and actually coming up with a new way to pattern or, you know, just pattern new shapes mm-hmm. and, and things like that for lapels or, or whatnot. I like shapes. So it's just, okay. you know, it's, it's fun to, to mess with. Okay, okay. Uh, rather than the sewing part. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> say sewing, everything but sewing. It's. I think there's a lot of people that are good at it and a lot of people that are bad at, bad at it, and I'm bad at it. You know, uh-huh. like just keeping straight and, and doing that. But it yeah. also, I don't know, it's very. Uh, it's a very underpaid job. The labor of it, yeah. You know, I mean, we pay our tailors very well. We appreciate it. But, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like back-breaking work. Because you're sitting all day and you got your neck down. You know, if you've ever worked with your neck down all day long, you know, that hurts. Yeah. Okay. okay <laughs> and also okay. just the craftsmanship. I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, the fact that, like he's saying, you love shapes and like we love design. Like we love details. We're very detail oriented. Hmm. And then to, that only means so much unless you can bring that to life and it looks good on somebody and all these different types of bodies and styles and people so yeah like i mean it's like learn how to sew people we need more people like <laughs> and you there's in the some world. people that can do both yeah. but that's very rare to find yeah, a designer so style or craft yeah yeah it's like, it's like yeah, <laughs> most people are really good at a craft or not very creative in designing something or yeah or, you know, vice versa i feel like it's the same way with music you can be classically trained the most badass musician on this earth but they're not writing very good music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like the right, the right and left side of the brain, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. The, so, okay. So what, so someone comes up to you and they wanted advice and I'm sure you guys entrepreneur, you guys get this, but they wanted to open up, uh, let's say some, a similar shop like your guys's or just a retail shop. What would advice would you give them? Um, don't open a shop similar to mine in Austin. Cause I'll be after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're gonna work a lot of people think that like yes you have your own schedule and you can make all that up as you go along but you're gonna work so much harder than you ever dreamed that you could or would Mm -hmm. and it's not just i mean it's everything it's it's making it's marketing it's management it's books it's i mean all of that stuff blood sweat and tears yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's literally like blood sweat and tears you're gonna put 200 percent into it i mean that's kind of mostly it and then if you don't have mommy and daddy's money that money's got to come from somewhere so i mean again you're just going to be working hard and saving money and paying you know credit cards off or opening them or so all of that stuff and there's so many original ideas out there and it just seems like something catches on and then a million people are doing the same thing but there's so many different things out there that you can do like explore those things okay um i think the other thing is like we know so many other small business owners and entrepreneurs which is What's so amazing about Austin, you know, a lot of people are getting pushed out. A lot of people are growing their businesses, but we got into Austin at just the right time where that was still so, I mean, just really amazing. Like we had community support from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like very grassroots, very organic labor of love. And so many people are doing amazing things like, oh, there's at the time I never had vegan ice cream before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there's a vegan ice cream shop and then just, I mean, all different types of stuff. And I felt like at the time, uh, you could really open almost any type of business here. And if the more unique it was, Mm -hmm. the better it was going to do. And a lot of people were opening businesses. And I think the other thing is just reinvesting in your business. Like, yeah, you can open your shop and have a bunch of employees and buy more stuff, but Sometimes you can't afford to do that. Sometimes you've got to work that thing every mm-hmm. single day and every single night and put the money right back into that and not go out to dinner and not going out partying and all that stuff. Um, That's what I was going to say. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not going to stay afloat. You can't do... Some people can, but for us, like we realized early on, like that's, you know, like I can't go on these vacations. I can't do this stuff. I can't do that stuff. We can't do certain things because it's like, okay, I need to be able to pay these people. I need to be able to afford these materials. And um, thankfully, like at this point, the business is like generally self-sustaining. Yeah. But I mean, we we work to live our lives. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, um, and we love what we love it. Uh, but and there's, uh, I mean, yeah, I would say there's one thing. There's a lot of new startups. A lot of people don't realize that they're trust fund kids, they're mommy and daddy's money. They're they're going and starting a business on South Congress here with, you know, a 500K startup. And then, you know, it's like, where are they getting the money? They didn't just, they're not like us. They didn't, they didn't start their business off a $5,000 credit card, yeah. sell some stuff, work their way up, you know, put it all back into it. You know, it's just like, we would have our dream store if we would start out like that, but it's, you know, a lot of and businesses And sometimes they don't close, have, like in like a year or yeah, two. And, and they don't have the heart. They don't have the heart. They can put all the dime they want into it. And then as when you're saying, they'll hire 10 employees to start, they don't work it. And it goes under in a year. And I'm like, wow, you, you just blew a half million dollars of your family's money or what, whatnot, your inheritance, whatever it was. And you, and you still didn't do it. And it's like, yeah. damn, give me 500 K. And I'll blow this motherfucker up. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> like right. you know, I would have my dream store. Bumping, yeah, but we couldn't get a business loan. We couldn't get anything. Yeah, we had, we had yeah. No get... one was giving. It was a recession, yeah, so no yeah, one was yeah, giving right. loans. Sure, like yeah. it was all our own. And they still don't give loans. You know, we're not in a recession. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you can get like a square loan now or something. Uh-huh. That's like if you've built a line of credit. You know, okay. Being yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Being in business, but if if, if you want a hundred k to start your business which will get you practically nothing nowadays. It's, you know, uh-huh. it's like hundred K is like you get a white box space, you know, in the lease and it's, that's your build out. Huh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. I think we put about five grand into our build out. Okay. So we did it all ourselves and, and used antiques. If it's not so antique, yeah. we built it ourselves. If it's not antique, we <laughs> built it and, and we were like, how can we make this look badass, you know, and rustic and, and just really cool on a budget. Yeah. And we did it. We just pulled, 
I still can't. Even if I had the money, I can't imagine I spending 80k. Well, on, well on that's the thing too. All. Like, I mean, this is your journey. You, you, you know, they always say is like um, people look at the end result and they don't look at the, the the journey or the story that goes on to all the the failures and all the yeah. ups and downs and and you know the successes and and then you get somebody that gets you know here's money to build it, but they don't have that that grind mentality of where you guys are and then you start to appreciate where you started to where you are now and it's almost like it's almost becomes that whole i mean i guess that lottery thing right you win a lot of money and then next thing you know that you hear they're they're broke yeah it's like you know what i mean it's like you might be better off i mean yeah it'd be great to have the money but you probably continue being you'll get there just doing your normal thing without well we think that we'd be really good rich people okay well it's okay if anyone's out there yeah then you're not gonna say no And very nice about it. There you go. That's (laughs) awesome. So then, so, okay, you guys were talking about, I saw obviously the passion that why you guys have started this and why you continue to do it with all those ups and downs of being in business. But so my acronym is WIDWID, why I do what I do. So what would you say, and I'll ask individually, like, Wendy, what is your WIDWID? Why do you do what you do? Um, Kind of same thing I said earlier. I mean, I get to be surrounded by the aesthetics and to see what started from, you know, nothing and to see it all come to life and to see it grow. And even though it's really hard and obviously we live and work together and live and work, (laughs) I mean, we're together all the time. Um, But I do get to do this with like my favorite person. Um, And so you also get to like the hard parts and the good parts, you get to, like, we understand them 100% with each other, which is really neat. Um, and just, I don't know, it's, I am a people person, and so sometimes I don't feel like talking to people, but then I get to meet really incredible people that come to the store, or, like, we'll have, I'll meet, like, a single person, and we do a suit, right? Well, then I meet his girlfriend, who becomes his fiance, becomes his wife, becomes, like, the mother of his child, and we have people like that. Uh, so just kind of all of those things just it's again a labor of love and it's been so organic and it's just an extension of me us and I think that's I don't know it's just part of me yeah. so it's just my life all right that's your win yeah. all right that's why you do what you do <laughs> what about you Chris that's your win uh, I mean for me I'd say it's the only thing I know how to do you know is be creative I'm not I do it because it's natural to me, you know, and I'm not going to try to be a stockbroker or, you know, chase <laughs> other dreams of, uh, you know, how to get rich or, or whatnot, because I wouldn't end up being anyways. I don't know anything about, you know, real estate or, or you know, jobs like that. So, I mean, I, I do it for, uh, yeah, that's what I know how to do is be creative and I like uh, creating things that uh, express my personality that I can show to other people that project me. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. So then I know we talk about, uh, you know, your guys' baby and you're working every day. And I know it's a, it's, it's a pretty much a 200% lifestyle. You guys got to, you know, but you got a day off. <laughs> what is your perfect day off? Um, not arguing. <laughs> uh, perfect day off i'd say hanging out on the river we, we live out on the Pedernales river so it's always nice just to be around nobody solitude mm-hmm. i think that's get a minute to think that's a perfect day off to me perfect day off gotta get some cleaning in it's good for the soul <laughs> uh hang out with our pet pig uh, uh-huh. daisy and um I love to read, write, uh, cook, all those things. And then, yeah, just like any body of water. So whether it's on the river or like a spring, like we have all those around us. So being in any source of body of water, um, just so relaxing and just kind of even like, you know, I'm from California, so I love the beach. So mm-hmm. anytime I'm in or near water, I just 
it's one of the few times that I just feel like everything just is cleared away. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So would you say that's your more inspirational place, your favorite being by water or do you guys have any? No, I don't think it's my inspirational place. It's, it's my like chill out. Oh, space. gotcha. Like, yeah, I, like it, everything <laughs> melts away. Like I don't need to be inspired. In okay. The water. Okay. Gotcha. Like, I just want to like be in the water All or right. near the water and it just, everything just sort of melts away. Okay. Washes okay, okay. away, if you will. All right, all right. Well, then, what is your, um, I guess, your fate, a place where you go to get inspired, or even actually, I mean, specifically, what do you do to get inspired? Like, as far as any motivation, I would say just be able We're, to be able to think honestly. Like I said, yeah. is this, and that's kind of why on our days off, I like doing that, you know, and why we live way out in the middle of nowhere in the country with no neighbors, you know, it's just mm-hmm. like solitude and and be able to think. Because, you know, when you're in the day-to-day, you know, hustle of everything, it, it's hard to think about yeah, what's next or, uh-huh. or what you want to do. Um, so when you have some time just to think about it and, you know, some ideas will come to you. you know, or some time not to think over, about it. Yeah, I think or just not, yeah, sit there yeah. with a glass of wine and just listen to some birds. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we were talking about this last night, actually, and, you know, he asked me what my answer to that was, and I said, home. He's like, really? And I said, yeah, like, I don't know. Like our home is like the store looks like our home. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's just, it's home, you know, it's yeah. home. And I think that kind of says something to why we do what we do, because it's an extension of ourselves and each other. And so it is where like where we find solitude, where we can think, where things get melted away, where you get to, you know, snuggle your pets uh-huh. and then, yeah, like have a glass of wine and look at the like harvest moon coming up or sitting in the river, but also like Chris is always like working in the yard. It's like six acres, you know, and he's like uh-huh. constantly working on it. And we've got wild animals running around and bugs, like really cool bugs and stuff. And just all of that stuff just, yeah, home's like the most inspiring place for me. Okay. Okay. That's cool. And then where, I know you guys talked about wine, but um, I always like to ask the cocktail of choice. Is that, um, you guys, you are in Texas, so I would say bourbon drinkers. But uh, what's your what's your guys' go to drinks? Uh, mezcal for me. Okay. I'm big fan of mezcal, and uh, I'd say for cocktail, maybe a tequila or a mezcal cocktail. I like uh, just simple simple summer drink like uh, let's see tequila on the rocks with jalapeno, cucumber muddled <laughs> in it. Oh, there you go. A little bit of sparkling water. You know, very refreshing for texas weather all right that sounds really good <laughs> what about you tequila on the rocks or champagne who doesn't like bubbles yeah right um but yeah i mean we're not too picky all right i right. love a bold cab and a skunky california ipa all right, all right. Cool, cool. <laughs> we love some mix you know some old lion's tail we, we love some handcrafted cocktails but uh-huh. it's like you know, <laughs> Kind of going back to the simpler things in life. I, I don't need to spend ten, always, 10 minutes making my own yeah. cocktail. Yeah, we've or always said, yeah, 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 yeah. Neat. I mean, even I we like have this neat. amazing yeah. bourbon cabinet when you could still get small batch stuff. It's pretty impressive. I have pictures of it still. I'll oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. But I mean, we always just sipped everything neat just because you can taste, taste it. Yeah, it's so true. The, the yeah, full and I feel like it's, it's kind like, of fitting for even the vibe of. Oh, all that we do is like very earthy yeah and like natural there you go well so then in in kind of in closing um there's two sets of questions i always ask the legacy question where how, how do you want to define your legacy and i know it's a deep question so i would say if like right now how do you would you want someone to look at what you've done so far rather than thinking the whole your whole life um so we've kind of always said this but like, we're like the punk rock of menswear resurgence. Everyone was asking, like, who wears this? Who's going to wear it? Who wants this? We're like, you are in five years. Just wait. And, you know, people would make fun of his beard and, like, you know, all his tattoos and everything. I mean, he's, like, since, like, 2000, what, 2005, four. He's had tattoos since he was, like, 15 or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, something uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. Um, but no, like people just sort of wondered who who wants this, who's gonna do this, and it's like, don't worry, like even like music, like don't worry, you're gonna get there one day, and then I feel like if if you don't get it now, then 
bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you like go. you're on the late train, you're a late bloomer, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you do you. Yeah, exactly. But we're going to do us, and that's what we've always done. So I think that's kind yeah, of... Just say, yeah, I mean, like what you said, it's kind of the, the resurgence of menswear and being kind of in that punk rock phase of it and kind of, you know, being key contributors to that a whole uh, beard tattoo suit culture that, you know, is very popular now or, or was a few years ago. We, we, we help push that and we're kind of proud of that and, yeah. and even the new things that come you know the, the whole uh, what is it the uh, heritage wear you know trends and things like uh -huh. that that are you know going on so okay cool, we, cool, we're, cool. yeah we're proud of that awesome awesome yeah. that's awesome so then now the I'm gonna have you guys finish the sentence but you're gonna I'm gonna basically say Wendy is and then you're gonna answer that question and then vice versa, you're gonna answer that question, okay? So let's go with, we'll start off with Chris, but Chris, Wendy is? Um, Wendy's like, she's a lover of all things with I'd say the most impeccable style. She's very compassionate towards uh, family, friends, strangers, very patient. I don't, I don't know anybody uh, that patient and she's an amazing cook. Awesome, awesome. All right. Thank Wendy. you. <laughs> Wendy, Chris is? Chris is creatively brilliant. I mean, when he paints, when he plays music, when he designs, like it's unbelievable. And yeah, he's insanely disciplined, which I know he credits to the Navy. So like, that's what made him be like the hardest worker. Like I've, I've never met anyone who works as hard as him. And I had like really hardworking parents and people around me. Um, and then I think he's like a romantic in the true sense of the word, not like the rom-com mushy movie type of romantic, but like the true sense of the word romantic. He's he's definitely that. Awesome. All right. So then um, <clears throat> lastly, um, as far as plugging your guys' website, social uh, handles, I know if you guys, I know you guys are on, obviously on Instagram, um, but you guys want to, Throwing those. We're on everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so everything's at Bukowski Taylor. Probably the top Bukowskis that come up, but Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel, actually. It's very new. Um, there are only a few videos on there, but we're going to be putting a lot of content on there. You can definitely uh, check out the Tommy Club short that we did, which is really incredible. The model is a client of ours for years and the musician is from uh, Oakland actually mm -hmm. and catch he's actually Pritchard. yeah catch Pritchard he's coming he's actually touring this week uh, in Austin and then the videographer and sound everybody's local um, and everyone's doing what they do professionally um, so that's really fun just kind of again very grassroots um, but everything's at Bukowski Taylor Cool, 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 cool. Well, you two, absolute pleasure. It was awesome talking to you guys. Your stories, um, I mean, the store, the story, it all, you guys are, like I always say, I can always tell the real deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys do it. Um, it. It wasn't started for the act of money or to be popular, or it, it was the, the love of, you know, you saw an opportunity, but you also what got you over that was the love of what you do. And I, and you totally see that in both of you guys. So, so thank you so much for being part of the Scotch Potter, uh, like society, I guess, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but thank you for part of, being part of this podcast. I truly appreciate that. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. Seriously. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you.